1: Another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with the ChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with ndpw.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by Collar and where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPodcast. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code tbtalkpod. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at tbtalkpod. Listen on Podbeam, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Big Joe and Carl Carafel.
2: All right, guys, Mighty Joe Morin here back on Turnbuckle Talk.
3: And this week we have Carl Kerfell here as well. That's right, everybody. I am back. I am here. It is so nice to be back. We had some technical issues last week that unfortunately did not allow me to be here, but I'm here now. And uh, who have we got with us today, Mighty Joe? Uh, well,
2: you heard him on uh, on our intro, as we do every week, except for last week. For whatever reason, last week I guess I got kind of uh, preoccupied with uh, lining things up. I forgot <laughs> to play our intro last week, but uh, we have him here this week. We have Mister All Elite Scooby, Mister RBV. Welcome back to Turnbuckle Talk, sir,
1: Gentlemen, That is right. The art of the beat of the V. Richard Brownson victory back again. Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, my two favorite Canadians. Yeah, I, I was gonna. You know, I was, I was just thinking about this as we were getting ready to go here. I was ready to jump in with something all big for Thanksgiving, but then I forgot you guys had your Thanksgiving over a month ago. Uh, You guys are, like, early October, right?
2: Yeah, we like to get our Thanksgiving out of the way
1: early. I was kind of curious, you know, because I know why we have so many just, you know, tremendous reasons to be thankful here in the great states of America. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what what is the reasoning behind your celebration up there in the Great North?
2: I think that we just kind of piggybacked off you guys and we were like, yeah, we're Canada, we'll do a month early. (laughs)
1: <laughs> get, get it out of the way before the weather really hits up there right I, I, I don't, right. don't
2: know the whole I don't really don't know the whole story I, I mean I, I, I essentially I think it's just that I think that's you know we went to it and at the same time we were like hey screw it we'll do it before you guys do
3: that's right
1: so. do you guys like do you guys partake in the same traditional foods that, that we do here you know you, you have the, uh, the the big old birds the turkeys uh, maybe some hams the all the traditional sides, mashed potatoes, oh, corn, yeah. for me, onions, yep. whatever it might be.
2: For me, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, gravy, ham, pumpkin pie, I'm happy.
1: Full plate, full plate. Yeah, yeah, Not, that's right. That's sometimes right. all
2: on the same plate, depending <laughs> on the scenario, right? So
1: now now you know here in the States when we have, you know, our Thanksgiving and You know, there used to be a a tremendous professional wrestling around Thanksgiving. We had Survivor Series, which used to be on Thanksgiving night here in the States. Uh, We have a full day of football uh, that has gone back many, many, many a decade, even before the NFL football and Thanksgiving have gone and gone hand in hand. Uh, Do you guys have any big traditions there, maybe sports wise, that kind of complement your Thanksgiving holiday?
2: I think that there would usually traditionally be um, a Canadian football league game right around that time. Um, I, I can't remember offhand cause it's just, cause it's been a while since I've watched some CFL. I don't know if it was like the Grey Cup or something. I think, I think that that's not done until later, but there's usually traditionally some sports, uh, going on, uh, uh, here in Canada as well with uh, Thanksgiving. Typically,
1: actually, that you mentioned, Joe, as I was kind of doing some research, uh, it's tomorrow on the the next the next episode, the newest <laughs> episode of the Hitting the Marks podcast. Uh, we're going to be diving into you know a lot of things Thanksgiving. We're going to be talking about the the fine art of deep frying turkeys. We're going to be Ooh. talking about traditional and modern sides. But we are talking the history of football and Thanksgiving, nice. and in researching that. Uh, yeah, I do believe there there was a big marquee game that was centered around in your Thanksgiving. Uh, around the Canadian Football League.
2: Yeah, the deep-fried turkey is something I've only ever heard about, and I've heard good things. And one day uh, I'm hoping to like either go somewhere where somebody's doing that or attempt it myself because uh, deep-fried turkey sounds absolutely incredible.
1: Well, like I said, you know, tomorrow on the Hitting the mark podcast, we're going to have all the tips you need to make sure that uh, you don't seriously injure yourself or others. Well, deep frying those turkeys because it is a fine art.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is, and deep fried turkey is fantastic. I have had it before; It's super delicious, crispy outside, nice warm inside. Like it is just freaking fantastic.
1: But <laughs> I guess to share a little bit of you know what we're going to be talking about: uh, five deaths, five deaths a year, <laughs> mishaps over deep fried turkeys on Thanksgiving.
2: Really. <laughs> People, are these like choking deaths or like what's happening here? Just people eating too much food? Uh, no,
1: it's not choking. It's not even getting to the plate. We're having explosions here. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Fires. Wow. And we, we're going to break it all mm-hmm. down
2: for you. Cool. I'm interested to hear about that. I'll definitely be tuning in for that. And uh, speaking of Thanksgiving uh, Day traditions, uh, typically we're talking uh, Survivor Series. And uh, that's where we're going to kind of uh, get into. But before we kind of break down all the matches here, just in general, uh, thoughts on uh, the overall show? I'll let you go first, Carl.
3: I you know what it wasn't that bad of a show yep. um I I was I, I didn't hate it I didn't love it I didn't find it to be really anything that uh uh really stood out um but I mean overall it was it was a good show I I was happy I was surprised I was uh okay with it it uh, it it kept me watching I didn't uh, I didn't go to a situation where I was like uh nodding off or falling asleep so <laughs> That's, yeah. that's a good
2: thing for myself. Uh, this is the first time I've actually sat down and watched uh, in quite a while um, a WWE pay per view, if we could even call it that now, just a WWE event, I guess we can call it now, uh, front to back. And yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, there's some good stuff here. There's some nothing that really pissed me off. There's some mediocre stuff that was kind of meh. But I mean, overall, I didn't hate this show. And um, I, I thought just, you know, the. The talent in the ring, I thought that they did a great job. Uh, the storylines, they are what they are. But, I mean, you can't fault the talent in the ring. I think that they all did a pretty good job in there. there a few exceptions, but we'll kind of get to that. Um, general thoughts on the, the show in general, Mr. Richard Bronson-Vickery.
1: Well, I think, you know, is is what you guys are kind of echoing <clears throat> is the same that we're seeing, you know, across multi-circles uh, mm-hmm. through the internet wrestling community is people felt really indifferent about this show. Yeah, Like, you know, it wasn't anything that that blew anybody away. There's nothing that's, you know, the talk of the town that we're highly buzzing about. But we're not ultimately, you know, over the top sour on this thing. I think that, in underlining, is the bigger issue for WWE and how they approach this event here. Let's face it, this has just become an over the top novelty event. As we put these matches together here, there's really there's not a lot of stakes and we're not getting a lot of storyline development even going forward here. Uh, and we did get a little bit, and they did do, a, they did do some good business inside of this show, mm. but not enough to overwhelm anybody and really not enough to keep people coming back to get excited you know, to tune in tonight to, as we turn the page, look towards the Rumble, and we get truly onto the road to WrestleMania. This is where you need to start laying that groundwork, and year after year, continue WWE is just dropping the ball and failing there.
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you take a look at the buildup, like you talked about. You said that there really wasn't a whole lot. I mean, yeah. and you're right, there really wasn't. I mean, we had a little bit with the uh, uh, with the main event, uh, Roman and Drew, right? There was oh, a little weak. bit. We a it, it was very weak. No,
1: uh, I mean, we, we literally had to live one we week. Yeah, it was, it was. It on was one day, week, and then they gave us a hype on Friday.
3: Yep, it was one week and very weak. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole uh, thing between the new day and. Uh, Uh, the guys who want the smoke the street profits it it was it was interesting right because it was uh, it it was just comedic right like kind of like the new day does so i mean i was i was kind of happy with that it was okay you get the women's survivor series team with natalia and all the bs that they've been putting her through again right and then really you didn't have too much with uh with any of the others there really wasn't much of any type of Build up for anything.
1: Well, it's, uh, it's fan teams get along. There's always an outcast. Uh, they're arguing over yeah. who's the team leader. Which, what the hell does that even mean? They've, there's never yeah. been any <laughs> stakes involved here, besides this made up. And they weren't even keeping score last night. Even hyping that it was the red versus the blue because even you know. they have realized in their own in their own way that that ship has sailed. No one is buying into this overhype. This is brand supremacy. This is bragging rights. Absolutely. Is no one's investing in that. <laughs> no. So, again, this is just one of those shows that you hope you can you, you tune into. And I guess the big selling point here is why they rushed this thing. I You know, last time I was on with you, gentlemen, we had talked about this thing. Why this Undertaker retirement felt so rushed is because they ultimately needed some sort of moment, something to grab the fans to bring them in for this just lackluster, you know, I don't want to say performance of a show, yeah. but marketing of a show.
3: Yes.
2: I think it's pretty clear that, you know, over the years, the Survivor Series event, I mean, it's just a shell uh, of what it used to be. It's not anywhere near. It doesn't feel special anymore. It, it doesn't feel like one of those... Four marquee events that they're supposed to have every year. Uh, this just feels like it's another one in the rotation. It's like, well, we're in mid to late November. It's time for the Survivor Series. You know, it, it's, and then we're just trotting out the same kind of thing. It's like brand versus brand. And just it's. Uh, but
1: ultimately, they've all kind of lost that appeal. They've oh, yeah. all lost that edge outside of WrestleMania. Even the Rumble inside of itself, now that we have to endure two Rumble matches, <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. even, even they have devalued that. You know, once in, in you know of the Big Four, the Rumble was always my favorite, mm-hmm. and then I truly totally enjoyed Survivor Series because yeah. just the the uniqueness and the dynamic of bringing these different individuals and tying all these feuds together was, was so cool to me. Uh, They've completely abandoned what has made those what's made yeah. it so special.
2: It'll be interesting, just briefly on the Royal Rumble, because it's typically been my favorite WWE event uh, throughout the years. Given what's going on now, the big question is how do you pull off that kind of match? Um, you know, I, I'm going to say that the the likely kind of go with them is kind of like a gauntlet type approach because you're not going to be able to have. They, just um, had
1: a battle, they had a battle royal on this show.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how how they do it or if they're going to maybe do like the one versus all again or who knows the, the approach. But, uh, yeah, I guess as long as they're um, following the, the COVID guidelines and they, as long as things don't get uh, locked down where they are, then I guess we're we're good to go.
1: Now, I I could see where they might, Regulate where you're not going to have uh, an overabundance of talent in the ring at a certain time. They might try to keep mm-hmm. it at a certain level, but I, I don't think they're going to change the the very basics of the match. And unless right. you know, we have uh, I know here in the states. I don't know how it is in Canada right now. We're seeing another sweep. Uh, so many states. At uh, Kentucky, just below me here, yep. uh, home of the uh, Dr. Man Beast, Ted McNally. They're on a shutdown. Uh, Ohio. We're pretty much on the the governors come out and said. You know, it's it's on you. Don't make me turn this car around right now if we get into the holiday season. <laughs> yep. So it's, and, and that's almost everywhere.
2: Yeah, here they're kind of taking the regional approach too. Um, Toronto uh, has basically gone into lockdown again. I'm only about an hour and a half southwest of Toronto. Uh, we're still kind of business as usual here, but uh, you can feel that like the hammer's coming down, that the, the restrictions are coming down again. And we'll just have to wait and kind of see how that kind of goes. But uh, let's get into the kind here, of the
3: go ahead Carl. Just, just just so that so that Rick understands I mean yeah. I mean Toronto isn't just Canada no um right so Quebec is pretty much shut down yeah uh to the point where like you go into a Walmart and there are areas that are taped off like you cannot mm. go into these areas which are like clothing yeah. right, mm. and then manitoba same thing mm-hmm. um so on either side of Ontario right now, both of those provinces are like completely shut down for at least 30 days yeah uh to the point where like you cannot leave your home unless you are considered an essential service mm-hmm. if you're found outside of your home there will be fines attached to that yeah it's it's ridiculous yep ridiculous yep <laughs> we'll, we'll see so how. it's <laughs> it's happening it's it's go- all, all across canada it's happening thankfully the uh you know the other states going out or the other provinces going out west are uh you know a little bit a little good Uh, Like Joe said, Ontario has taken a regional approach, and then over on the East Coast... Uh, they kind of just want to put a bubble around themselves and be like, nobody come here and don't do anything.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all kind of unfolds, and uh, hopefully it doesn't get uh, too out of hand here. But uh, let's uh, start getting into some of these uh, matches on this show here, because uh, I thought you know there were some good individual performances, uh, spe- specifically in uh, this one they were talking about um, the uh, the men's uh, sorry, our Series match, uh, Raw versus SmackDown. Uh, for me, in this one here, the the two big uh, standouts in um, in this match. Otis and Keith Lee I thought these guys had a really good individual performances you know Otis is kind of doing the comedic approach you can tell there's a little bit of Dusty in there we're trying to we're trying to um, kind of get that same kind of feel there and I mean Keith Lee I mean that guy's a star in the. He's, he's somebody that if used properly he could be a, a top guy in the company What do you
3: think, Carl? What? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 totally agree with that. Uh, I mean, with Keith Lee, definitely. Like he's he's a top guy. Um, Dude, yeah, Otis. I've always been a fan of Otis. Yeah. Otis is a cool guy. Uh, I, I, I kind of like the whole the whole thing that he's doing. Uh, I don't know. It's just because uh, it adds a little bit of humor to uh, mm-hmm. to it, and kind of kind of gives me that little bit of a smile that I'm missing <laughs> from actually uh, good performances so i'm able to smile a little bit because of otis um yeah. but i mean the, the the entire match itself i mean there really wasn't anything that stood out too much um you know well, uh, typical back and forth with you know like uh you know smackdown guy gets thrown out and then mm-hmm. raw guy gets thrown out and smackdown guy gets you know taken out and then raw guy gets ta- i mean typical survivor series
2: Well, there was the one standout moment fairly early on that was a bit unusual. Seth Rollins essentially offering himself up as a sacrifice and Sheamus taking him out with a bro kick and one, two, three, very early in the match. And him saying, you know, basically, you know, this is for the greater good or something. What's your take on uh, with that... um uh, Rick, what do you think's uh, going on there?
1: Well he's playing in that martyr role, whatever the case might be if he's heading to take time off with the baby on the way. that's and all that. And, and I think it is you know it really is a off at this time is probably very beneficial for for Seth. Yeah, I've been saying for a while uh, that this has been some of his best work. Uh, maybe not given the best creative, but what how he's been handling and how it's been crafted around him, maybe not the best, uh, but but how he's been able to carry this thing, the development with Dominic Mysterio. All through that program, I know it's it's kind of maybe run its course, mm-hmm. uh, gone on a little bit too long. So this is good to kind of remove him from, you know, from that situation, from that spotlight. Uh, and again, in itself, you know, we were joking during the live discussion over on Facebook, mm-hmm. comedy media discussion group, you know, this was the Stevie Richards role in the rumble. You know, it, go out there, get tossed out, yep. hit the floor, take your ass to the back and go get your pet, go get your check and get the hell out of there. It's exactly what he got. Well, the bigger picture here to me is when we're looking at these teams, Otis is a comic comedy act at best here. He was, he was spotlighted far too much inside of this match. Uh, ultimately, when you looked at these two teams, the Raw team actually looked like a, a team of professional wrestling superstars. Yeah, The SmackDown team, not so much. Obviously, you have Seth. He's not there. He's, he's eliminated right away. Corbin's got a tremendous look, but he has still got a lot of ways to grow. I'm sorry. Uso is not right there yet. He is yep. struggling through. Uh, again, Otis is mid-card comedy at best. He could have had a couple spots in here, hitting his little dance all whatever. Uh, and Kevin Owens looks like a hobo. It, this this yeah. The SmackDown team does not scream professional wrestling. I look across the ring to the other guys. They look like true superstars.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it really didn't,
1: really didn't surprise me that they ran the gauntlet on him.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty dominating performance. Uh, and, uh, yep. And, uh, Jay getting—he's the last guy left there, and yeah, he got destroyed, and then you know felt the the wrath from Roman afterwards as well. So basically said, you know, "Get out of here, we don't want you."
1: Well, absolutely, and it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't want to give up on a lot of these guys here, especially with Uso. Or, uh, I just think you know this is—he's just finding his way here, mm-hmm. uh, and he is playing that lackey. He is the ultimate sidekick right now. Uh, I just can't wait to see how he develops a little bit more when he does get a little bit of that fire and that edge that we are seeing from Roman.
2: For sure. And uh, next up, we had the Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, three, we had the Street Profits, uh, Angelo Dawkins and uh, Montez Ford versus The New Day, uh, which in this case was uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Um I really enjoyed this match for a tag team match. I thought they did some really good stuff here. Um, I'm a big, and I have been for quite a while, even when they were in NXT. Montez Ford, I think, is somebody that uh, has a tremendous amount of potential um, in in professional wrestling, even just, um, even potentially outside of WWE or whatever. I I think this guy, um, given the right scenario, is somebody that can really be a big star.
1: I guess, you know, it it, it was athletic. Uh, They did hit their big spots here again, but, As the approach to this thing, and we had a tremendous conversation this this morning on the Monday locker room about Mm -hmm. this thing about, you know, even how the street profits are presenting themselves right now. Uh, They are coming off as too cartoonish. It's, you know, they're they're trying to, they're coming off, frankly, as marks. Uh, You know, they're trying to put everything else over, really, except for themselves when they should be putting their own spotlight on, where they should be the true stars that people. That you know, even the best of the past want to you know they. These are the new trailblazers. Bigger picture here, th- this was a wrong call. You've got New Day who is out signing their own deals. It's you know heading into the video game world. You had tremendous crossover marketing opportunity that they completely lost because they're stuck inside of their own bubble that they, they felt that they had to give the rub to this younger team here when you are missing a bigger picture, especially when you are struggling to bring any new viewers to your product.
2: That's a fair statement. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely cool with uh, letting the Street Profits get a lot of offense in there and to get their stuff in, but I, I agree that um, I think it was uh, maybe a little, a little too I – was,
1: I was fairly certain going into this thing that the only way – that the street profits would steal this one is if they did want to advance something storyline wise to light a little fire under someone's ass, a big E would have come out and somehow cost mm-hmm. his old, his old partners in crime, this match. Yeah. Uh, and then took a drastic turn, you know, his own direction there. Uh, but, you know, especially if you're not going to play into this outside marketing it's, to me, great, great athleticism, whatever you missed the bigger picture. This is why you're struggling as a company.
3: Yeah, well, that's the first statement. And it was right? very evident too. I mean, the only thing that we really saw was what one one promo for the video game that they're uh, that they're a part of their DLC characters. This is and, the like, same
1: the same bullcrap that we're getting with why is why is Sasha in that Star Wars tie in uh, hmm. the uh, whatever she's in the Mandalorian show, yeah. That, Mandalorian. The Mandalorian yeah Why yeah. is that not everywhere?
3: Yeah. Right, it 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 definitely should be. I I, I'm in 100 percent complete agreement with you when it comes to comes to that. Um, total total waste of a potential to be able to bring in other viewers. Uh, with the Mandalorian, why why you know you can pull in those people, you know the people have you know that are watching Disney Plus. Well, WWE is considering themselves still a PG company uh disney is a g or pg company so like you you're gonna you're gonna have that market there that you can pull people over even Uh, even
1: outside of that you've got to believe i mean people that are going to be into star wars that sci-fi genre they're going to be able to find something inside of professional wrestling that's relatable and entertaining to them you need to be capitalizing on all this but they're so stubborn in their own in their own ways that because it's not their creation not their product that they don't want to capitalize on this.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate. that they, they could have at ridiculous. least, uh, I would have had her coming out in the the character from the show, you know, and you do a little promo beforehand. You you, you have that, that crossover. It's it's right there, right in front of you, and they just they chose not to go down that path, and it's unfortunate. It would have been good promotion for both sides.
1: Well, and then in turn, you've got Sasha Banks running around now saying, oh, I'm the face of the company. I'm better than Roman Reigns. I'm better than that other guy, Drew McIntyre. Uh, last week she made some loose comparisons to her and Beyonce. Yeah, that's not how a baby baby no. face talks. Yeah, no, that's not how someone that you want people to adore you and want to follow you to the product. That's not how they act. <laughs>
2: no, they,
1: they just can't. They just can't stay out of their own way.
2: Yeah. Um, Speaking of people looking like hobos and homeless people, uh, next up we had Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion, versus the United States Champion Bobby Lashley. Um, I mean, talk about a lopsided affair here. I mean, this is just, yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, I I, I like Sami Zayn. I I, I like character-wise. I mean, dude doesn't even look like a pro wrestler right now. Like, like Bobby just looks like he's chiseled out of friggin' granite, you know. And you got homely looking Sammy Zane with the greasy hair and the uh, the unkept beard. I mean, uh,
3: damn, you know, it's a uh, polar opposites. Yeah, it it definitely is polar opposites. Um, I mean, again, this was a match that was just kind of there. Yeah. Um, they're, they're like, you have the two mid card champions. Or the mid-tier champions. Yeah. Why, why was there not something bigger built about this? Why was there like I, I I'm not I don't I don't get it. I don't like instead of having the two of them mm-hmm. facing each other, uh, why not have done something like uh, a, a, a SmackDown star facing Bobby Lashley for that championship? Yep. And then oh wait oh if he wins it oh that person's now a Raw guy. You know, build something like that uh, as opposed to these two because there was absolutely nothing to gain for either one of these people yeah. inside of this matchup. There was nothing to gain. No. And it's it's very frustrating that they could be building people and building stars around these championships, but instead they're just using these championships to face off against each other and yeah. doing nothing.
1: Yeah. I'll say, Carly, like, you know, you're talking about what can we do something intriguing into this thing? Well, we don't, you don't have to do the, the swaps of the titles because I believe they did that a couple of years ago. And they all and it became so predictable because they just ended up just changing titles back and forth. I believe that's what it was. You know, like one they each show still had the same, you know, amount, yeah. and value of titles and all that. But it, inside of this, you know, Sammy's been on this terror. He's it's all about the conspiracy. He's he's that, that cutty. You know, he's not afraid to say things on the social media. It, it, even if they could have done something where he's out there already pitching like reverse discrimination where, you know, it's these four African-Americans and he's just this white guy. I, and He's a foreigner. You know, he's he's the true, you know, minority to this thing. And but he's being labeled with, you know, because of the color of his skin it goes something along those lines. Or could have he have recruited some other individuals to come into this thing to to help him out? Perfect example here is—I mean, you could—and then and you could have continued a story with Raw if Retribution got involved here.
2: Well, I think—I think a cool angle to go with the Sami Zayn thing. The guy's a French Canadian, right? You, you go with the, the French Canadian angle. You have him be—you know—have him talking French most of the time. He's—he's he's, uh, French guy. He doesn't—I don't need to speak English in front of new people. Right, I'm going to speak French. You know, have him be kind of that Dick French guy. Uh, I think the, you go. They're close with, with him, but you, you go a little bit more with that, then you can have him be a real good heel French Canadian he, he, wrestler. Been
1: playing, he's been playing more into that socialist. Uh, you know, because the deals were, you know, he couldn't go over yeah. to, you know, to the Middle East and all that. So I mean, he's playing on a much larger scale. There's a lot that there's a lot that they could, you know, tap into there. Hey, I know that they are so terrified right now to walk that fouling line, but yeah. there's a lot of potential. But, you know, again, it comes down to it. I'm talking about that team, you know, Team Raw. I'm going to talk you about it here again in a minute. We're talking about people that look like professional wrestlings that look like stars. Joe, you had a, he looks like a hobo. Yeah. Uh, not, only, not only do I not see him inside of, you know, a WWE ring, a local indie show, I, I don't even know if I would find him entertaining on a bump Fights video. <laughs>
2: That's well, it's a, it's a it's a fair point, a very fair point. Um, all right, so next up we had the SmackDown Women's Champion versus the Raw Women's Champion, Sasha Banks versus Asuka. Um, this was it was it was, it was, it, was a, it was a a champion versus champion match. I don't really know what else to say. Um, my, my opinion, and this is. Likely uh, thanks to your uh, your co-host uh, RBV uh, Jargo getting me interested into Japanese wrestling, you know I started watching Stardom a little bit, and I'm starting to come around to the the Japanese uh, women's wrestling. Uh, I was down and negative on Asuka a lot. Now I'm starting to get it with her, and um, I I I, had, I kind of enjoyed her work in this match. Um, I don't know. Um, I think they could have done more with this. It just. It, it, I feel like they're on the cusp of having something really cool this match, but they just didn't go with kind of the extra mile. It just it left me wanting more. I think they could, have, they could have done so much more with this.
1: Well, I think there was a lot of fill-in here. Uh, one thing that you can take away from this thing is uh, they are watching Serena Deeb matches.
2: Yes, clearly. Uh,
1: they're, they're, they're watching what's getting it right in women's wrestling right now because they sampled so much from her work that we're yep. seeing over if it's on Dynamite. Uh, really against anybody that she's been over there with, but especially with Thunder.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What did you think on this one, Carl? Meh. Yeah. Again, it, Meh. it comes down to like this did nothing for either one of them. It didn't do anything for either one of the brands. Like it it, it really was just, I don't know. It was just, just, kind just of there. Yeah. There. Right. Yeah.
1: All right. That's all it was. As we're sitting here, uh, geared up for Monday Night Raw, what did it do for either one of these divisions, these women's divisions, red and blue, and their champions? Where did it move it forward? It didn't. Uh, you know, if didn't. anything, by sitting still, you've moved backwards.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like it did absolutely nothing. Unfortunately, that seems to be the
2: case. Um,
1: I, I think I know we're going to transition here because they go back to back. But real quick, in, you know, inside of this, we got our champions. We're going to get into this women's, the Survivor Series traditional mm-hmm. women's match. Uh, we look at all of these talents. It is amazing inside of this company what is on the shelf in development and this is what you're giving us on your main roster.
2: Yeah. Well, you had mentioned the the women's um, Survivor Series match. Again, I mean, my opinion on this woman hasn't really changed. When Miss Nia Jax is involved in a match, uh, I'm typically, I'm tuning out. Um, uh, I I don't enjoy them. She's dangerous in the ring. I've been very vocal about that. Now, having said that, you know, I, I think that there were some Occasionally, there's some decent performances in this match. Uh, I'm a I'm a big uh, fan of Ruby Riot. I think that she goes underutilized. I think she has a very unique look and something that they could really do more with. And then Bianca Belair, uh, she's a star in the making, and they need to latch onto her and make her into something more than what she is now. Uh, Shayna Baszler, they're going with this Ronda Rousey raccoon eyeshadow thing. Does nothing for me. Uh, I think they've kind of wasted her. Um, you had mentioned Natalia Carl. I mean, she's She's, she doesn't even mean anything anymore. Bailey, Lana, Lacey, Payne Royce is, I think, an, an, an unappreciated talent. I think she could also be something more. But at, you hit it there, RBV. I mean, there's so many other good women talent in this company that could have been in this uh, situation instead of these this group.
1: Well, there's, you know, between these two matches, we had 12 talents involved. Yep. Uh, I, I'm kind of counting through, looking at the graphic here. And Tops, I would keep four. Hmm. The rest would be gone. They would be replaced immediately with NXT talent yep. to get the absolute best talent in my company on our biggest stages. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to worry about here. Yeah. Uh, now, we can leave that open if people want to contact me on social media at the Real TheRealRBV <laughs> or we can have some yeah. conversations about which four of those are. That's great. We'll play a guessing game with it. <laughs> you know, if Anybody knows me, they can probably pick out the ones I w- that I would back here. For sure. Uh, at first, I had three and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll be kind of generous. We'll, we'll keep somebody around on, on that <laughs> Uh, you know, just, you know, for that mid-card stuff here. I mean, you know what, really inside this match, again, what really is on the line, there is, there's only one real story inside of this thing, and that's what's happening with Lana, as she is just being completely bullied by the women's tag team champions over on Raw. And that's what shined to me in this match, and she did absolutely nothing, less yeah. is more. She just yeah. stood there, she did her part standing there, and she, you know, you'd randomly catch her in those backgrounds on those frames, and that's where your eye was drawn. I know a lot of people are really down on this finish here. But come on, I mean, you got, she didn't have to pin anyone. She didn't actually get the win, but she is yep. the sole survivor. And I had a lot of people, well, why couldn't they have her, you know, just go in and steal a pin? Do you know how insane the internet <laughs> wrestling community would be right now if yep. Zolotta would have went in there and stole a pin on Belair? That, that, people's heads would be erupting. Yep.
3: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Main event. We had Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. This is kind of a strange one for me. Um, I, I think that this would have definitely benefited. You know, we talked about this before we started recording, that a lot more build than this would have been good. I think they, they did okay with the limited time frame that they had to work here. And I think largely just because both of these guys now, Drew and Roman, they're legitimate stars. When you look at them, they look like stars. They look like professional wrestlers. Uh, Roman, they're finally utilizing him in the right way after so many years of not. Um, you know, taking that freaking... That, shield, uh, that that vest off of him was one of the best things that they could have done with his look. You know, dude looks like a pro wrestler now. And Drew McIntyre, I mean, he's he's a legitimate star. I, I think they, they, they did really good here. It went a little bit longer than I would have liked, but I, I like the business that they did in this match.
1: I, I don't necessarily... D- you know if it, maybe it just felt that it went so long because you know if you had been if you had tuned in during the pre-show of this thing, you are pushing you know what three and a half four hours before yeah. you get to your you know one of the matches that I think that was a truly a you know what that would pull people to this event. you know Joe, you, you said it perfectly here as we're looking up and down this car, these two look not just like pro wrestlers, not just like stars. Not like main eventers, but champions, yep. and, and that's what you got. And it had that great vibe. I thought the entrances were great. How they put that together. I mean, you felt that intensity between these two. I like the slow back and forth, measuring one another out. Who's gonna give a little bit without totally breaking it? You know, each man is so, you know, measurable against one another. And that's what that's that story that they were telling. It was more of a classic style. But again, though, after you've been sitting there for so long, you're, you're kind of just like, okay, let's get, let's pick up the, <laughs> let's pick up the pacing here. Yeah. Let, let's turn up the volume. Let's get a little excitement going. One of the things that you know, I was regularly thinking throughout this match again, there's not a lot of people on this roster that are true main eventers, true no. superstars that look like the champions like this. I know there's some other options, but we don't know with, you know, the, Situation with COVID next year, if there's going to be fans in attendance, uh, what stars are going to be available, who's back from injury of that. I would have this potentially as a unification match on mm-hmm. the back burner for WrestleMania. You've got the story. They, they told some of it inside of this match that, you know, Drew, to get his opportunity to go face Brock, eliminated Roman Reigns. Uh, I like here that Roman gets this win back. You know, he gets that moment back since. I wouldn't mind now Drew coming back and saying, you know what? You did me dirty. You did me wrong. We're on two different brands here. They're trying to keep us separate. I found out a, a way to get my hands on you, Roman. I'm entering the Rumble. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go try okay. to win this thing, and I'm going to challenge you. Then I'd hell on the flip side. Roman say, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm going to, to the <laughs> Royal Rumble. I'm going to throw you out so you ain't going to even have a shot. And then you build up those two on a collision unification for at the next WrestleMania.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I, I definitely I agree. agree that's, that uh, that, that that's I would,
1: I would entertain it. You know, I know there's some other options out there, uh, and you know who might be available. You know, does you keep hearing the name with the Rock being thrown around? If Brock would want to get back into this picture, Orton and Edge, I would have it in a conversation right now because they have got to start looking at stacking this thing.
2: Yeah, yes, they do. So that wasn't the end of the show, though. We, of course, the main attraction for this here, we had the Undertaker's. Farewell. Uh, I, I, I guess this is going to be the farewell. Uh, it seems to be the big debate. Um, I hope not, so. Now, not kind of what, what kind of happened, but like the, the debate amongst fans and just the internet wrestling community and social media is like, okay, you know, is this really is he really done this time? I think so. Um, with this, the way that they did, this, I think it was cool the way that they the brought some of the, the the people out. I wish they would have kept them there. For when he actually came out, though, I I, I thought that was a bit of a, a miss. I, I will and I will say too, um, Vince, um, his speech. I, I thought it was really well done, but it really, really, really showed his age And there. You could really hear in his voice, like he is getting near the end of his. Like, near the, it's near the end of the road for Vince. He's having a hard time uh, stringing words together. I mean, he did well f- considering, but I mean, dude is getting old. Just saying.
1: What well, you know, about the emotion of the moment? Because yeah. it even seemed like that Taker was struggling at times there. Yeah, uh, it's really what they meant. But Joe, real quick before sorry, touch on this. I would go back and you're saying you wish they would have kept those other the legends yeah. and colleagues in the ring there. Uh, to me, that would have been a huge misfire. Is in in the moment, and we're going to talk about what has transpired since since Survivor Series went off the air. But in the moment, you know, to me, it represented what The Undertaker has been about, about protecting the persona and business the entire run. The Undertaker coming out, no matter how magnificent the entrance, and walking around and hugging all those individuals, not, not the persona whatsoever. So I think it is cool to have them there. They're showing their appreciation. These are all the people that had meant something, you know, either just professionally or personally to him. Uh, it was the boys. It was the locker room. You know, so they didn't bring the wife out or anything. This was the boys, and that's how they used to travel.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I liked how they tease it where Kane comes out, you know, on his own. He sticks to the damn character because yeah. that's what made him. He immediately, you know, as he's tucking at the armbands, he's doing the mannerisms, stays away from everybody, clear everybody out there for the Undertaker's moment. That's what the dead man does. Hey, and then if you'll recall, it was right here on Turnwuckle Talk, when I pitched, we needed the, the hologram. Hmm
2: yes, yes. they did it that was cool that was cool the only other thing i would have added is if you could have gotten him is if you could have gotten sting in the face paint have him up in the rafters to be maybe just to kind of like there, point there were, there were or a a point the bat people. or yeah, i wonder or something. how much
1: of that was with travel and all that yeah well you know, sting might be trying to negotiate a new deal with them you know he's been rumored to maybe be talking to aew and
2: yeah i think that would have been cool if they could have inserted
3: that in the, but anyway carl yeah. sorry
1: to cut you off there no no it's it's all it's
3: all, all good um i yeah i i'm i'm in agreement with you uh rick i i don't think that keeping them out there would have been a good thing i think though what i would have liked to have seen is is that as each person came out and and take the take the little bit of time to do it as each person came out show like uh, a a one minute clip right Mm. announce the person coming out Start a one, like a a 30 second, one minute clip of the interaction that this person had with the Undertaker and then come back and they're standing in the ring. The next person, same thing, announce who they are, a little clip of the impact that was had on those two individuals and then the person's in well, the ring.
1: you have it great, too, maybe to save time at the end. I love the idea, Carl. But maybe, maybe if you ran that throughout Survivor Series, throughout the show, mm-hmm. to get, you know, get people warmed up. Because, yeah. uh, you know, really, you know, Michael Cole trying to explain to me the importance yeah. of, you know, of, of their crew.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, not so much, yeah. But uh, know, the,
1: uh, the, uh, the Bone Skull crew, yeah, yeah the F.K. Yeah. You know, if it, it, anything Michael Cole's trying to get over as is cool isn't working anyway. No. No, no. Because (laughs) so if you let you you do it in a production you know, little package so that we know you know how many people are there like why the hell is Savio Vega here? You know, why are the Godwin
2: here? Well, you you gotta be cool to get something over as cool, right? And Michael Cole just is not that. And I agree with you, Carl. That would have been good, you know, especially for some new fans, some new viewers, to give them a little more context of kind of what's going on. I think would have been um, a cool addition as well. And and, and I would agree that uh, it was the right approach for him to be their solo in the ring. Uh, I'm coming around to your line of thinking. I like. Yeah,
3: that. yeah. No, it it definitely was. And to have Paul Bear there as the hologram, was, like uh, like honestly, like throwing. like. I, I had to grab a tissue because yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. wow. And then I, I think the, the for me, the best part it, to to kind of solidify that this is the end, that this is now the time for the undertaker to rest in peace, mm-hmm. is that after he said all of that and he got down onto the one knee and he was he was doing his pose, there was a 10 bell salute or a 10 gong salute that happened before his music played again and he left the ring i don't know if anybody else caught that but i caught that I and i was I like
1: yeah, I wow interesting yeah, yeah, yeah
3: you'll have to uh, you'll have to rewatch that but i was like wow they cuz i i heard it and i'm like i'm waiting for the music to start and i'm like wait a second um uh 5 mm-hmm. uh, uh 9 10 holy shit what the (laughs) and and yeah um now to go along kind of with with everybody uh you know there on the stage or whatever um when a rightful hall of fame is done Mm -hmm. that i think would be a perfect opportune time because then the undertaker doesn't have to be the undertaker because he is gone. The Undertaker is resting in peace, so he can go out there and be the Undertaker, Mark Calloway, and then be able to have that interaction with a lineup of people in in right. that type of environment, right? And and that, I think that that's, that's the only
1: fell apart. You know, last night in that moment, I went to bed feeling great, getting ready to, you know, i have woken up bright and early, I got up at six a.m. here in the East Coast in the United States to start gearing up for the Monday locker Group, the Hamid Media Group. And I go to the the sheets. I go to social media to kind of get my last minute notes and thoughts and all that. And lo and behold, what do I see? Where I thought that the dead man was laid to to rest. Where I thought now he's going to turn the page. He's just going to become the man. And there he is in full gimmick cutting (laughs) social media messages for... I had to pause there. I got to remember what platform for freaking all elite Scooby-Doo and every <laughs> other Mark Targ that wants to come out of a woodwork right here. He's putting you over $1,000 a pop and he and overnight they cut 30 of these things.
3: Yep. Yep. Cameo. For anybody that wants to spend the $1,000 for a 10 to 30 second message from The Undertaker thousand dollars over on cameo there you go right well
1: you know i I started thinking about this you know at first okay oh man i I hate to see what you know that that we're doing this to the undertaker persona or any you know persona of that especially of that magnitude uh but then i start questioning okay what kind of loser is paying a thousand dollars for this (laughs) But then you get into it, you know, somebody – it could have been someone from AEW. The Bucks might have been paying their good buddy All Elite Scooby, hey, here's $1,000, have not cut this for you so he looks like an idiot. What, I mean, what's $1,000 to anybody from AEW right now if they can get a knock on on WWE? But then I really started thinking about, okay, so I, I've got – you know, I, I'm kind of upset that I, The Undertaker's doing this to the persona. Uh, I'm questioning what kind of loser is going to pay $1,000 for this thing. I think I really got to the, the root of this thing. Actually, the, the promo that he cut was about uh, Scooby-Doo, <laughs> All Elite Scooby getting married. I think the biggest loser of this is what kind of woman marries All Elite <laughs> Scooby-Doo.
2: Right, right. And uh, just a, a brief uh, r- reminder here, uh, for those who are not aware what the term Mark Tart means, uh, you'll be happy, uh, Rick, because I just pulled this up on the fly. When you uh, type Mark marktard in Google, this comes up right off the hop. So oh, you should be nice. happy with that. So well, typically, well, we can so again, typically applied when referencing uneducated pro wrestling fans, Able, unable to express logical support and understanding about the way an individual feels towards a given subject or product, complete lack of understanding of basic principles and inability to view a wider perspective an individual who doesn't give a, you know what, clue wanted to make sure and get that out there for everybody. And uh, like I said, it comes up on Google right without the hop. So so very cool for us. All right, guys, let's uh, take a brief break and hear from our friends over at and, and We'll be back to talk briefly about AEW video games. We'll be right back.
4: Fall is in the air. That means pumpkin spice lattes. That means pumpkin spice everything. Ugg boots, yoga pants. God, I hope I can fit into mine this season. Scarves. And baseball tees. Hoodies. Not yet, but soon. The metal tee. No need for any season desist here. And hats. Stop by CollarAndElbowBrand.com today and get your fall drop immediately. It's fall, y'all.
1: Collar and
4: You'll be the coolest person in Starbucks whether you're wearing yoga pants and Ugg boots or not. In fact, I like to go to Starbucks without the bottoms on all the time and just wear my Collar and Elbow Brand type shirts. I immediately get my coffee and go.
2: Alright guys, I love that commercial from our friends over at Collar and Elbow dot Reviews, promo code JK podcast. You get 10% off your entire order at the checkout. And of course, as usual, Carl Carrefield is wearing his Collar and Elbow uh, not shirt, but he's wearing his hat this week. So make sure and to check that out. Lots of great stuff over there. I think they just released a whole bunch of new
3: merchandise over there. They have a ridiculous amount of stuff over on that website. I too. was wear I was just wearing the, uh, the collar and elbow sweater. So yeah. earlier before starting the program. So that's why I was like, well, Oh wait, no, I don't <laughs> have the sweater on now. Yeah. But I got the hat as always. All right, guys, let's
2: uh, talk briefly about, video games and we're talking specifically AEW. Um just recently they've announced that uh, they are partnering with Ux to come out with a professional wrestling video game based off of all wrestling. And uh, there were some screenshots that kind of came out you had to you uh, I talked this um, on another program that you were on uh, uh Rick but uh it really seems that they're going with the kind of arcade kind of over the top style because there were some of the screenshots specifically like Kenny Omega and Jericho. I mean these guys are like jacked, like they're buff like the, and it's like almost creepy looking the way the muscles look. So it's a uh, it seems like they're going for the kind of the arcade approach, which I'm actually uh, okay with.
1: Yeah, well, you know, admittedly, I'm not too much of a gamer. Uh, you know, the last like up-to-date system I bought was a PS1. Wow. And I still regularly play my my NES and Super NES. Nice. Uh, but yeah, but you know, if you happen, and I know they're kind of a, you know, a dying fad or a breed, if you will, you know, if you're out and about and you can see like find like a traditional arcade though, you know, like, I am one of those people that will stop what I'm doing, uh, you know, scrounge up some quarters, whatever case might be to, to make sure go in there and spend some time because it's the nostalgia of it. it's about taking a step back and it's to me video games should be an escape from that absolute reality so i don't want it to resemble that in any way so i know for me is you know very old school not a modern day gamer that would be the appeal to me Uh, i don't know that ultimately is going to push me in a direction to go purchase a console of Mm. any sort like that but it would be interesting to me and i and i think too especially for you know growing in in cultivating younger fans, you know, like my nephew's ages, those are more attention-grabbing to them than all the finer details that you might get uh, in some of how developed some of these games are. And just not professional wrestling. I mean, it's across the board in all sports.
2: Yeah, you had mentioned the arcade stuff. If you look actually behind me, you can see some of the stuff. I actually just recently at my uh, local Walmart, I uh, got this one, and they've I've seen some of these out there like little arcade boxes. And this is actually the original Space Invaders, uh, and they they do like these little mini arcade uh, cabinets that are actually pretty cool. So, but yeah, I, I love um, arcade stuff, and uh, this is definitely going that approach. And I think one I'm looking forward to talking about. Uh, I think that's going to be. I think January, or February, maybe sooner than that. But that Retromania that uh, Stevie's involved with, uh, that's coming out soon for uh, yeah, all of the uh, platforms. You
1: know, to me, when you look at that game style, I mean, it's fun, it's yeah. outlandish, it's over the top. That's what I'm looking for, looking for inside of a video game. Retromania, I think, hits. You know, hit, hit hits everything that you need.
2: Yep, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, what, what do you think about the uh, AEW video game, Carl? I know you're a little bit of a of a wrestling video gamer
3: yukes is still a, a company
2: yep when they basically <laughs> they well they the, things fell apart with the wwe and then like aw latched onto the mic like, right away
3: so yeah definitely they did um i mean we'll have to see i mean the screenshots and stuff that i've seen i mean it looks okay it's very early um, too yeah it's it's very early stuff that they've got but i do believe that they there there's three different things that all elite is doing um they're doing the the called the console game a mobile game hmm. and then some something else I can't remember what it is now but something else having to do kind of with uh, with like games um, so I mean yeah. why not why not branch out and capitalize on that and I mean as long as they do things right and use the right people to market this uh, Kenny Omega um, <laughs> yeah I th- I think that it'll 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 do fine and it'll be just fine. Um, it, for those that don't know, Kenny Omega is, is probably one of the uh, the biggest gamers that are out there. Um, he loves his video games. He's he's yep. you know brings them with him. He's playing them. He's he's always got them. Um, Chase Owens, another guy uh he he's always playing the video games he's got the whole like briefcase that you open up yeah. and the consoles in there the, with the television and uh PUBG uh, you know Chase is always playing PUBG yeah. um so I mean like it's 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 not like it's something that's foreign inside the community of uh, professional wrestlers. Uh video games even like you take a look at the WWE with the New Day. Um they're them as well. Like they're they're big gamers, right? So I mean this is something really good and really cool for uh, AEW to do as long as what it's done marketed right.
1: You got all these nerds playing video games. What happened the good old days where you just went got a bottle of whiskey, uh and maybe maybe some coke and you just went to the strip club.
3: Hmm. The problem was the last time that I wrestler. did that is that I wrestler. got the bottle of whiskey and mm-hmm. I got the coke and then I got the vodka and the orange juice, and then I got the um the Goldschlager out.
2: you just never and made it to the went, strip went club. to the
3: strip club <laughs> and what happened at the strip club is that um one of the strippers got power bombed, and I was asked never to come back wow. so <laughs>
2: that's that's that oh man all right guys um you know since we're running a little bit long here there's not really much in the breaking news aspect of things so I, i think that we'll just move on to our match of the week All right, Carl, it's been a little while since you've uh, actually been on uh, Turnbull Talk. It's been uh, already of a couple of weeks again. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to let you give your pick uh, first this week here for your Match of the Week from this past week.
3: Sure. Um, as everybody knows, Match of the Week doesn't necessarily mean that it was the a matchup that happened this week, but a match that we saw that we enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, from any time period. And, and, and I'm going back to... Um, between and keeping with the undertaker theme i'm going to the undertaker and uh, jake the snake roberts Ooh. um i've i've always been a fan of jake the snake roberts and uh the undertaker you know when he first came in i was scared as hell of this guy and then grew to love him just like everybody else did but uh, I, the two of them just worked so well together and it was i, I think it was because you kind of had the two kind of darkish characters that went in there and 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 kept it in in a type of a dark type of uh situation and atmosphere, but really made it work as two kind of not necessarily heel characters, but two dark characters. And I and I love that they were able to kind of take that and just make the best of everything when when they were uh when they were together.
2: Oh, definitely a good choice
1: one thing I like there Carl you know as well you know was a little bit praise there for for Roberts as well. he always seemed he worked really well if it was Andre or you know or whoever it might have been he worked really well with the big men. oh uh, yes the the size he knew, how, he knew he knew how to really complement what they were bringing yes he did.
3: Yep. All
2: right Rick, what's your pick for match of the week? I know you usually come with something a little bit different. What do you got for us this week?
1: Well you know I'm just gonna eat it. I actually forgot about about the match of the week so <laughs> I'm going on the fly. So I'm going to invite everyone to uh, head over to YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. do a search for the Hameen Media Group, make sure that, that you subscribe and hit the little bells and all the whistles that they've got going on there. Uh, but I don't know if it's, if it's currently there now. I know it is on the way. Mm. Uh, so it'll be there by the time that we hit just the audio part of the show here as we get launched tomorrow. i uh, just going to check out the, uh, the 90-minute Broadway featuring uh, Dr. Manbeast, Ted McNailer. Nice. Uh, it is it is referred to by the, the one and only legendary, you know, trainer of the stars of stars, Rip Rogers, as he kind of he has a short list of matches that he instructs people. This is one you must go watch. And it's exactly it. So, again, that's on on YouTube. Bahamian media group. You're looking for that 90 minute Broadway featuring the good doctor, man beast, Ted mcnally
2: yeah, he's done some, yeah, he's cool, done stuff some with, cool stuff with uh, with Rip Rogers. I'm looking forward to uh, to check in some of that when it comes out uh, on YouTube. Uh, for me, for myself, for my match of the week, I'm probably going to probably- blow a lot of people's minds on this one here, but mine's actually coming from the WWE this week. It's not coming from New Japan or, or someplace else. It's actually coming from Survivor Series, and we're talking the tag team match between the Street Profits and the New Day. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> this tag team match, and um, yeah, uh, I was highly entertained by these guys. other they did did a really good job. Um, uh, as we said, it would have been nice uh, for them to have capitalized the right way. I think that the, the, the right approach would have been to, to put the new day over in the win. But uh, I, I, I still thoroughly enjoyed and was entertained by this match. The, the, the in-ring stuff, I think, was done really well. So it, uh, that was a win for me. There we go. All right, guys. Let us move on to our final segment for this week, our showstopper segment. All right, guys. So for our showstopper segment this week is, is actually inspired by uh, something that I saw Mr. Rick Vickery in interaction with uh, somebody on social media. And the question is for our showstopper segment this week: It is who would be your favorite pro wrestler if you were a kid or a child watching now? And I think this is a really interesting question, given that you know a lot of us we started watching wrestling when we were young. So yeah. to kind of uh, reverse time a little bit, if we were around right now as a kid. Who would be our favorite wrestler? I'm going to start with you first, Mr. Uh, Rick Vickery.
1: Well, I think, too, when you look at it, you, when you say kid, because I, I think we've all gone through different phases. Yeah. Uh, and it is as you grow and you mature. Uh, but I think, you know, kid, we're talking about that purest form, right? You know, right when we first kind of, you know, find that passion and love for professional wrestling. And I you know, think what why, why I found the topic so intriguing was, you know, people are still today like you're trying to, You know, implement what you know today instead of going back there and reliving how you saw it as a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, one of my first favorites uh, that I really went over the top was the Ultimate Warrior. You know, I wasn't I wasn't a -a huckamaniac. I I was a little warrior, and sort of to really kind of look and see, okay, who has anywhere near that sort (laughs) of vibe, that feeling. So, I, I mean, I guess I'd probably have to say, you know, up until this heel turn, I probably would be heartbroken. is, Is Roman Reigns.
2: Interesting. Interesting choice.
1: Because yeah, you look at that, that you know, obviously, I mean, like, well, they're not the same kind of character. You, have the, you know, the, the, the maniac, the face paint and all that. But kind of that role, because, you know, it's, if someone would say Hogan, I think that you would think more Cena. So I'm kind of thinking of, yeah. you know, that that B alternate for yeah. that baby that they're building up and that replacement, you know, that they were trying to bring in. I, so I'd have to go with Roman Reigns. And, you know, really, even to his credit here, he's been magnificent in this turn. Uh, but he does, he looks like a star and there's a lot of tangible and tangible stuff. We just don't get as, or, as, you know, fanatics just don't get, you don't see the work that he's putting in behind, you know, that he's playing the game. True. And that's what, that's what you takes to succeed here.
2: Interesting. What about you, Carl? Uh, who, who would you be? Uh, who would be your, your main, um, your main one if you were a
3: child or younger person now? Um, I, I, I was always kind of partial to the smaller guys. Um, but I was also very partial to the larger guys. But I also kind of enjoyed that over the top type of, of gimmick as well when I first started. Like, uh, from what I, I, I can really remember. Um, I know that, you know, kind of the passion for it started at about the age of three and then kind of, you know, grew as I matured a little bit from there um, and kind of really knew and understood a little bit more. And and, and to Rick's point as well, uh, the Ultimate Warrior was always just this over the top outlandish type of high energy character. Um, but in, in the same token, like I was a fan of um, like Bam Bam Bigelow. Right. And, and, you know, Big Boss Man and, and stuff like that. Those bigger guys that had, you know, the Bam Bam had, you know, the tattooed head. <laughs> and then, you know, Big Boss Man, he was like a correctional officer. And, you know, like he was he was outlandish and stuff like that. um to, to Now, I think pulling all of that together, kind of going from the heart with everything that that uh, I, I felt growing up, um I think it would be Marty Skrull. Mm. because he kind of minus the size uh he kind of embodies all of that he's got that outlandish type of of character to him he comes out with the doctor's mask on he takes all that off but then he he can work in the ring like a smaller guy kind of like the Shawn michaels that i admired growing up um so yeah i I think that you know it would be probably marty scurl interesting for, for myself, uh, kind
2: of going with the same approach as you guys, you know, going back to when I originally started falling in love with professional wrestling and my first memories of it, you know, the first professional wrestler I can recall seeing was Mr. Rowdy Roddy Piper, fellow Canadian. And uh, that's what really started to hook me into professional wrestling. So when I look now to find kind of similar personas, this may seem like a bit of a reach, you know, but I'm, I'm thinking, you know, who's a really, really good bad guy now and really embodies it and really kind of goes all in with it. And right now, Now the only way I can think of at the top of his game is over New Japan Wrestling. We're talking Jay White. Uh, If I right now, if I was a young person and able to watch New Japan, I think he would say, "I think he." You would be
1: watching New Japan.
2: But if I could find, if if I knew about it, and that's what I was watching, I think that's who I would go with. And um, in I hope, but. Oh, same as Carl, I was also kind of into the big guys. I liked Andre and all these guys. So, you know, if I were to look in the WWE side of things, I would maybe say like a Keith Lee uh, would be something that I would be really, really into as a younger person. So yeah, we we, we kind of yeah. run the gambit there uh, and yeah. a, di- a lot of kind of different ones. But yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting question to kind of rewind the clock and you know and almost kind of I think more of who the pick is to just kind of remember of just like what kind of got us interested as a younger person right so and then to kind of turn it now to like what can we find there because it seems like a there's not a whole lot of younger people that are kind of interesting it's like you know what can we do to really hook in this new generation right so
1: well the problem is it's just bad creative so if I was comparing it to my childhood this would be about the time I discovered what <laughs> girls were uh, and they were trying to push off guys that I thought I could beat up like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels so yeah. I just stopped watching WWE <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, some good stuff alright guys uh, that's uh, about it for uh, this week here but before we wrap it up uh, let's uh, kind of uh I'll go around the table here uh mr richard bronson vickery let us know what it is that uh, you got going on right now and uh, i know we got you kind of pulling triple duty here today because i know you got uh you're doing the hitting the marks podcast as well today
1: yeah uh triple you're right man uh, going big shooting from the three today uh <laughs> this is my second second go around one more ahead of me but hey you know regularly mentioned all my ties in with the hameen media group we have got so much incredible content coming at you yeah. from that platform there uh from the world's of pro wrestling from mma from political satire, satire to conspiracy health and fitness whatever it might be we've got a little something from everybody and the personalities we've you know we've got a who's who some of the brightest minds in professional wrestling um, all really students in, in a you know majority of them are students of the great Rip Rogers, who now is a part of our platform as well. You can pick up, you know, those exclusive Patreon with him. So again, that is the High Mean Media Group. You guys give us a search on Google. You can find us on all social media. You know, we've got the Podbeam sites. We've got the the Patreon. So much going on there. Again, it is the High Mean Media Group. Uh, Also on that platform, you can find myself and my regular tag team partner, Michael Jargo at the Hitting the Marks podcast. I just drop every Tuesday and it's a it's kind of, it's a show about everything posted by two major a holes, giving our unique <laughs> opinions and thoughts on this. This week, you know, we're going to be talking a lot of Thanksgiving traditions. We're going to be talking about the turkeys in in our government, uh, the turkeys in the headlines. So we've got a lot to discuss. Looking forward to that. Me personally, you just keep up with uh, with me, Richard Brunson Vickery, across all social media at the Real RBV. Carl, I know you're going to be, uh, you're going to be checking in with me this week. Cause I've got a incredible lineup of my RBV fitness, delicious of the day. is had your way Ooh, this week. Nice, nice. nice.
2: All right, guys. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap things up and we'll see you on the next one.
1: It's me. It's me. It's an B to be, as you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here. And hitting the marks. Top. And i by like everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. here. you can find that all at Jimmy you, 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 you. the
0: Bunch.
3: You lose.